Hey, this is Adam White. I'm the pastor of New Beginning Assembly of God, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and our hope and prayer is that this podcast inspires you, builds your faith, and lets you know that God cares and He loves you. Enjoy the message. Yeah, I want to talk to you tonight on something that I had spent on my heart and mind for a couple of days now and everything and goes along with this next chapter. We're on chapter number six of Overcomer. And we're going to talk about tonight overcoming fear with faith. Overcoming fear with faith. Amen. And we'll, of course, start with our key uh, verse of Scripture here found in Ephesians chapter number 6, starting with verse number 10. Ephesians 6, excuse me, Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 10. And it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, whereas ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And I'll just stop there. Amen. We're going to talk tonight about faith, overcoming fear with faith and there is not a doubt in my mind that if me and you had a conversation and it was just us and we were either in my office or in the lobby here or something we would talk and there would be probably something that we could share with each other about what we're afraid of fears that come to us some of them might be A little, I guess you could quote-unquote silly. I hate spiders. There ain't nothing worse that you could do to me than get a spider and try and put it on me. I'm all right with a snake. I don't like snakes, but I'm all right with a snake. He's big. I can see the snake. There ain't nothing wrong with rodents or, you know, any kind of vicious animal or things like that. But spiders scare me because they are so small and you can't really see them until it's too late. Paisley will attest to this, that one day I was driving and here I am, me driving, Marcy on the passenger side, all three kids in the back and we were driving and all of a sudden as I'm driving, in the dash that has the mirror and all that stuff, this little old spider just descended down. And I about killed every one of us. <laughs> I hollered and I screamed and I 
did everything I could to get that spider and everything and it just slung and went back and everything else. And I thought to myself, good Lord, Marcy's screaming, saying, you're going to kill us, Adam, stop. Lord, have mercy. I can't stand a spider. There was one time when we uh, lived out in the Cape and what we did is the washer and dryer was on the outside of the house. And what we did is we had a, we got a little shed that was up on the top to make it to where, you know, if we had to do laundry, you, we wouldn't have to go out, you know, uh, we could be protected a little bit and the machinery wouldn't get wet or whatever. Well, something happened and we moved that shed. And when we did, there were all little brown recluse spiders that just started going everywhere. And I thought to myself, Marcy, we have been standing on this thing with all these spiders and everything. Spiders, I just don't like spiders. So I'm sure there's something else that you may be a little afraid of as well. There's also things as far as fears that are um, a little more serious. Sometimes we are afraid for our families afraid for their safety. We're afraid that we're making sure that they're going to be all right and everything's going to be good. We're afraid that maybe if we go somewhere that we're not familiar with that we might get hurt. Who would ever thought that someone drive five, six hundred miles to El Paso and just shoot all these kind of people in, in Walmart? And they, I saw a report this morning where the lady was shot in the head and she called her um, husband and told her, hey, I've been shot in the head. I love you and, your, and my babies. Tell them that I love them. And she died. And then to go up to Dalton and the same thing happened. And I know the president has gone out. The president's going to meet with everybody and talk to the victims and all that. But you see also that there is demonstrations. There's people that are upset. There's people that are angry. And you have to say, I I do understand, you know, as far as I do feel like as Americans, we do have a right to own guns. Amen. But I do understand how we can get upset when a gun is used for a wrong purpose. And it's kind of like what someone said. They said, um, I forget who it was by name, but they said, the issue is not a gun issue, it's a heart issue. And I'm going to say this. Guns don't kill, people kill. And we've done everything this country has to stop God, to take Him out of our schools, to take Him out of our our everyday language they don't want you to mention jesus they don't want you to do anything like that and we wonder why these bad things happen and we wonder why these mass shootings that affect so many people and all of that happen because we've turned our backs as a nation against god and said god we're smarter than you god we're better than you god we're so much more advanced than you we don't need you anymore and so god as Brother Todd would say, is a gentleman and just allows things to come our way and bad things to happen. And I'm talking about in a global sense and a a whole nation aspect of that. So I want to talk to you about overcoming fear with faith. 
And one of the statements that I love in this book that said was faith can only be proven by actions. Faith can only be proven by actions. And I'll be honest with you, I thought, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> and so it goes in, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I know that there is the debate where Paul says that we're justified by faith, none of our own works, at least any man boast. And then you turn on to James and James says, hey, faith without works is dead. And so some people say, well, they're arguing and there's some contrary to the word and you know, there's some errancy here because one apostle says one thing and the other says the other thing. Well, folks, I believe that they can both, they both are in agreement. Yes, I believe that faith, amen, we are justified by faith. We cannot work our own salvation out. We cannot do anything besides from Jesus Christ helping us. Amen. But I do know that if you've got something inside of you, something's going to have to be produced out of you. <laughs> if you say you are a Christian, amen, there better be some action that should be something natural to do. I know that we're human and I know that we mess up and I know that we fall. Amen. I get that. But there should be a strive in our heart to say, uh, I know I messed up, but I'm going to pick myself back up and try yet again. So I do agree with this statement. Faith can only be proven by action. And the guy said that there was a story of a gentleman who was explaining something that was called the pendulum effect. And what it was is that if you get a string and a heavy weight and you take, the, take that heavy weight and move it right here and let it swing the pendulum, eventually what will happen is that pendulum gets smaller and smaller. The swing gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And so he said this and everybody, and he asked the question, do you believe in this pendulum effect? And everybody said, yes, yes, we all believe in it. We understand it. It's very good. So the guy said, Professor, would you come up here? And he said, okay. So he faced him right here. And he had the pendulum right here. And he got a heavier weight and a longer and sturdier rope. And he had this heavy weight and it reached it up to his face. And he let go of this big weight. And as that weight went and swung... The law says that it is supposed to come back at a shorter distance. Well, as that pendulum came back towards that professor, he ducked. Because he was afraid he didn't want to get hit in the face. So see, that is again proving that faith can only be proven by actions. Our faith is only proven by actions. For followers of Jesus, a lack of faith is seldom a matter of disbelief. It's usually a matter of fear. It's a matter of fear. Oh, I can tell you right now, I'm looking across this room and there are people that I know have faith. I know that there are people here that I'm looking at that have faith. But our problem is not necessarily our lack of faith. But it's the matter of fear. 
The fear that comes on our lives. The fear that creeps in and whispers. And I'm not necessarily talking about the fear that, you know, we think of. We talk about a scary movie or something horrible or anything like that. Just the fear of putting faith out that says, you know, that's not going to work out. You know, that's, that's you know, you just need to fold. You know, it, 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 that's not going to do, you know. It's okay that, you know, God's not going to heal you. You know, it's okay. Just take your medicine. You know, those little thoughts, those little things that eat away at our faith. Why? Because fear comes in. And I will say this. I'm not saying that you're not supposed to go to a doctor or anything like that. Hey, man, go to a doctor. Doctors are there to help you and all of that. But I still believe that we can be healed. Amen. I'm a witness two times that God has healed me miraculously on Wednesday night. So that's why I get kind of excited on Wednesday nights to see what else he's going to do. Amen. An author, a Christian author named C.S. Lewis wrote, Faith is the art of holding on to things you reason has, your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. What are your moods, your emotions, fears, exert such as influences that, un, that unless mastered, they can destroy our trust in whatever we know to be true. We usually think of faith as a biblical or theological term, but we demonstrate faith every day in the routines of our life. Amen. We demonstrate faith. And that author was saying, when we have something concrete, Sister Cat, I bet you when you sat in that chair, you didn't give one ounce that that chair was going to fall. Because you knew, I'm going to sit down. How many of you have to worry about when you get into your car after service that it's not going to crank up? We know it's going to crank up. There's no doubt in my mind. Now, I know I'm on it. <laughs> I like to push that uh, meter a little bit to the east side, but I know, I just hate getting gas, but I know that I don't have a doubt that when I leave here tonight, I'm going to crank up that car and it's going to go. Because it's been settled and reasoned in my mind. We've already settled it that, you know what, it's just going to happen. And if it don't happen, guess what? We're startled because we think, well, what happened? I don't know what happened. If we sat in a chair and it fell, guess what? We'd be like, what in the world has happened? Why? Because we've already settled it. And that's what that author was telling us. Faith already settles things within us. Faith tells us that no matter what happens, God is going to take care of me. No matter what situation I go through, faith says God is going to pull me out. It's this fear that comes into our lives sometimes that just, you know, eats away at our faith. Little Everett, that little boy trusts me. He's got faith in me and Marcy. He does not worry about whether he's got food on the table. He does not worry if there is water to brush his teeth, which he does 20 times a day. Brushes his teeth for some reason. 
It does not matter. He knows that he, he has clothes. He, know, he does not worry of the fact that we'll have air conditioning in the car, in the house, and all of that kind of stuff. And when something bad happens, he's shocked that, you know, uh, something happened or something didn't go his way. Folks, that's why he said our faith could be just like a child's faith. That it's just so dependent on God that we're shocked that he don't fulfill it. Amen. So let's talk about this shield of faith. This shield of faith. What's interesting is when I picture in my mind a shield, I think and I've seen like something that's round and circular. That's something that's kind of small and compact that you can kind of dodge and do all that kind of stuff. I think too, you know, they've got uh, the kids now, the superheroes, Captain America has this big old shield and it just protects and does all these kind of things. He can throw it and hit people and it brings back to them and all of that. Well, Paul here was not necessarily talking about a small round shield, but he was talking about the Roman guard, their shield. Their shield was rectangular. It was about four feet tall. Four feet tall. And it was wooden with leather strapped around it. And they had metal plates to secure it. And that shield protected them solely. I mean, it, it would protect their entire body. Why? is because the enemy developed a secret where they would go in and get their arrows and would mix a little bit of poison. And they said when that arrow would shoot, if it just grazed the skin just a little... That poison would go in and eat and kill them instantly. Not only that, it was known that the arrows, they would light the arrows with oil, light them on fire, and they would shoot them. These blazing arrows, and they would come down on the enemy camp to burn and to destroy their camps and their goods and all of that. And that shield protected them. Why? Because it would hurt getting stabbed, but it would also hurt getting stabbed and getting burned all at the same time. That shield protected them. That shield was the one that left them. That's why Paul said that we've got that shield to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Notice he didn't say arrows. He said darts. Darts was those laden with poisons. So not only did they have to worry about fire, they had to worry about poison. They had to worry about all these things. And folks, I don't know about you, but there are times where I wake up in the morning and I think my day is going well. But the enemy just feels like he's throwing these fiery, poisonous arrows at me. How many of you felt that way before? That I mean you've just felt like, man, I just woke up and I thought it was going to have a good day, but I've just been bartered with so much, so much attack from the enemy, so many fiery darts and things coming after me to destroy us, to cripple us. Amen? The author said this, fiery darts represent every kind of attack 
launched by the devil and his hosts against the people of God. That's the truth. That is the truth. Man, I'm telling you, the only way to protect ourselves is through faith. And you notice all through where we read the uh, Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10, all the way down where it talked about the armor. Every piece of armor is known for something, but the shield of faith is the only armory mentioned that had a purpose. If you look here, it talks about, you know, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, all of these things, but the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, but it says, take the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That is the only one that's got a purpose. And folks, that's why our faith is so important to us. Our faith is what protects us against these fiery, dangerous darts because they want nothing more to cripple us and to turn us down. Amen? And that shield of faith protects and it guards. Hallelujah. I like what 1 John 5 and 4 says. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. So see, our faith plays an important part of us overcoming the world. Our faith. So what is faith? What is faith? First, remember that faith involves more than mere belief. Faith is just not a mere belief. Why? Because James talks about that even the demons believe and tremble. (laughs) Faith is not just necessarily a belief. But it says faith is belief plus trust. It is belief plus trust. It's resting in the person of God and His Word to us. That's what faith is. Amen. Faith is an active practice built on belief. Faith is not ambiguous. It's not unsure. It's a concrete conviction. It's the present day confidence of a future reality. Its future is solid, unshakable. Confidence in God built upon the assurance that He is faithful to His promises. That's faith. That is faith. Hallelujah. I heard someone say one time a long time ago, faith is reaching out and grabbing hold of nothing and holding on and believing until it becomes something. I'm telling you, there is a confidence in that statement. That is not just a happenstance. And I know some people, if you say, oh, I I have faith, and they attribute that sometimes to hope. Like, you know, you can say, oh, I hope it, all right. Well, I've got faith that somehow it'll, it'll all work out. No, that's not faith. That's not real faith. Faith is saying, uh, Sister Joan, I don't know what you're going through, but God's Word says you're going to go through it and it's going to make it and you're going to go through this and all of that. It is a confidence that says God will take care of you. Even though the On the natural eye, it don't look it. But in the spiritual eye, 
Hallelujah. The spiritual eye says, hey, God's going to take care of it. God's going to work this thing out. Folks, I'm afraid sometimes we are so used to these two eyes that we see in the natural. But I want to convince you that sometimes we've got to look in the spirit. Our eyes got to be in the spirit and say, I don't see how God can do this, but I know that his promises are yea and amen. And if I can hold on to that, and if my faith and confidence is that God's going to see me through, he's going to perform it. He's going to perform it. As I was studying this, I'll never forget, and I still got the notes, and I might preach it one day, but, I, but the sermon was, let me look at it. It was, there's a message in the coffin. There's a message in the coffin. And I talked about Joseph. And Joseph, before he died, he said, boys, his youngins, don't let them Egyptians bury me. You bury me and put me in my father's house. That's where I'm going to bury and I know God's going to work it out. That was the end of chapter of Genesis, the book of Genesis. And at the very end of those verses, it says that the Egyptians came, took his body and cremated him. Not cremated him, but mummified him or whatever. So here's Joseph that said, I believe one day I'm going to lay in my father's land. And there he sits, dead. Dead in a coffin. Hundreds of years have gone by now. His bones are bleached. Well, not really because he's mummified. He dried like a prune. (laughs) He dried like a prune. But there he sat. And there he had that belief. I know one day, even though he's in that coffin, even though he's dead, oh, I know it. It's going to happen. And then one day, hallelujah, Moses said, let's go, boys. God's delivered us. He goes out and says, wait just one moment. Go get Joseph. Bring them back. (laughs) Come on, get them out of here. He's going with us. One day, hallelujah, Joseph didn't know it, but he knew his faith had said, God said it was going to happen. And it happened. Folks, that's that's what faith is. It is a confidence. A confidence. By faith we move forward even when the destination is not clear. It is, it's so certain that it's almost as if it has already happened. It says now faith in Hebrews 11 and 1 is the subject of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Folks, this is a faith that is amazing. It is a faith. That is amazing. And I might be skipping a little bit, but I want to say this because I mentioned that. Hebrews 11 and 1. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that. But one thing that is amazing about our faith is that our faith can grow. Do you know that faith can grow? Faith can grow. I know what the Bible says, that each one is given a measure of faith. And you know what I had thought about, Nanny? I had thought about what Jesus did about the parable. When he talked about the talents. And he gave certain talents to this one and that one and the other. And the 
Two, they went and did money and all that and got more of their money and all of that. One got a lot of money, one got a little bit of money, and the one hid it and said, Oh, I was afraid of you, Master. I was afraid of you. And you know, I just thought, and I don't know if this has any correlation, <laughs> but this is just what I was thinking. Man, what if that's a way that he's talking about our faith? If he's saying, what are you doing with your faith? Are you, are you expanding your faith for it to grow and think of the impossibilities that God can do for us? Or are we hiding our faith because we're afraid of stretching out? We don't put trust enough in God to help us through. And we say, God, you are a hard man. I was afraid. I'm afraid to stretch out my faith. I'm afraid I don't want to fail. I'm afraid that you would, you would be disappointed in me. Folks, let me put your mind at ease. We're all going to fail. <laughs> we're all going to mess up. We all going to not do what we're supposed to do. We're going to miss up that mark. We're going to do all that stuff. But folks, let me tell you, God's mercy is new every day. God's mercy is new, and I'm so glad about it. That, oh, we can pick ourselves up. We can call on him and we can say, God, Lord, I messed up. Jesus, I've messed up. you got to forgive me and he'll do it. He'll do it every time. I thought about that, that talent. What are we doing with our faith? Is our faith growing or is our faith just like it was and we're just holding on to it? Because we're afraid we're going to get hurt. Or we're afraid that how things we want to happen is not going to be exactly what we want. And we'd rather not even just do anything with it and just hold on to it. That's something to think about. That's something I've been thinking about lately as I've been studying this. But our faith grows. Our faith can grow. Like I said, he, we are given a measure of faith. But Paul twice talked about the Christians in Thessalonica and said, Oh, I wish to come back to you to help strengthen your faith. Faith is an active part of the believer and it grows. Amen? It grows. Now you can talk to me and you can say, Well, Adam, how does faith grow? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got faith, but let me tell you, I've got to deal with some problems. I've got to deal with things that you just don't know about. And I understand you because, hey, we all deal with things like that. It's hard to look at some things and say, God, I know your word says you're going to take care of me. <laughs> but this paper don't look too good or this situation ain't working out quite like I wanted. And it looks like I'm fixing to go under. <laughs> But our faith can grow. Our faith can grow. And how does our faith grow? Hold on, let me see this. If we want to live as overcomers of our fears and failures, we must strengthen our faith and trust in the Lord. And so here are five keys to strengthen strategies to help grow your faith. These aren't long. These aren't kind of very simple and almost kind of, oh yeah, that makes sense. The first one, we grow our faith. To grow our faith, I should say, we need preaching. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We don't get faith by just faith alone. We have received faith because we heard the good news. 
We heard the good news of Jesus Christ. We heard and we were demonstrated. Oh, the power of the Holy Ghost. And, it was, and we were told and said and preached about that we can receive this power. And we believed it because we heard the word. That's why it is important that we come to church and hear preaching. Hear not only preaching, but teaching from our Sunday school classes. It is needful. And folks, your faith is not going anywhere if you don't hear if you don't hear the word. And folks, there I, I, I enjoy listening to ministers and I enjoy listening to radio programs and, and YouTube videos and television and all of that. And I'm not knocking any of that stuff. But folks, there is nothing like coming to church with fellow believers to help you, to sustain you, to pray with you, to check on you. Amen. We need each other. We need each other. This thing ain't just about me. And I'll tell you one thing too. You can't just get word sometime by yourself. Sometimes you've got to go and hear it from somebody else. Sometimes I've got to, and I've preached quite a, I've preached a lot of messages since August of last year, let me tell you. But, oh, let me tell you something. It is different. When I hear it from somebody else, I get fed and it does something to me. And folks, that's the same as you. You've got to get fed in that way. So faith, how, how our faith grows is by the preaching and hearing the preaching of God's word. Amen. Of God's word. To grow our faith, we need problems. <laughs> to grow our, I'm going to say this again to grow our faith we need problems I don't like problems brother Kenny oh I don't like problems at all oh we wish sometimes that we just want everything I, you know I just oh I want everything to go smooth and sail and all that and you know I'm so thankful for this church and for our body here that, you know, we don't have problems. We don't have bad things that I hear from other ministers that talk about. They've got issues and things like that. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't have that problem. And people disrupting and fist fighting in the church and all kind of pulling a gun out on some. I mean, oh, my goodness, all kind of crazy, crazy stuff happens. And our assemblies of God churches that are here. <laughs> and I say, thank you, Jesus, that we ain't got no problems. But folks, none of us want problems. We want life to be smooth sailing. We want happy relationships, fulfilling jobs, great health, and obedient children. Amen. Problems get in the way of all that. And they hit us like storms, bringing waves of fear and destruction. And disruption. But folks, I'm reminded of a song that we just sang that said, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that he would solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in God could do. I'm telling you, I hate problems. But sometimes God allows problems our way. Notice that God don't make the problem for us. 
but he allows the problems to come into our life to strengthen our faith. Amen? Hallelujah. Only our default tendency is to trust in ourselves and lean on our own understanding when we face problems. But the Bible says the exact opposite. Lean not into your own understanding. Amen? Lean not in your own understanding. And we can go through this word and I can pinpoint to you problems that God's people had to face. Problems and situations that people didn't want to face. It was funny, someone I was talking to, a preacher, and they were talking about um, the district has classes that you can take and all that kind of stuff. And one of the classes that you can take is called conflict management. And they said that Brother um, Edwards in Panama First Assembly loves to teach that class. And I said, (laughs) they said, you know, he is just one that he does not shy away when it comes to a problem. He just confronts and he just, he deals with it right there. And I said, that's not me. (laughs) I don't like problems. I like things to be smoothed away. But folks, without problems... Our God uses them to deepen our faith in Him. To deepen our faith in Him. Amen? I'm telling you, (laughs) oh, my heart goes out uh, to some people in the community that are just going through some terrible, terrible things right now. Some problems that they're having to face. And I don't understand why Things happen the way that they do. I I don't understand. But that's okay. Even though I don't understand, I know God can turn what's bad and turn it into good. And that faith, those problems can be used instead of to tear, instead of to bring division, instead of bringing destruction. It can bring unity and it can bring peace and it can bring Something that gives you closer and closer to God. I'm telling you folks, listen to me good. Our problems are not meant to hurt us. Our problems are meant to build us. Our problems are not meant to hurt us. Our problems are meant to build us. Not only are we are to grow our faith through the hearing of the preaching of the word of God. Not only through um, uh, dealing with problems. But to grow our faith, we need, like I said earlier, we need people. Those Roman soldiers, when they would shoot those fiery arrows and all of that, if there was a lot of archers throwing their arrows at somebody, there was a high chance that it was going to hit that single person. But they developed a technique the Roman um, Empire did, and it was called a phalanx. And what they did is they said it was about a about hundred men would go together and huddle around each other. And there would be so many that would be up front in a row with the shields up front. And then the others would have their shields on their side and it would create almost like a roof. And they would spick, stick their spears through any kind of narrow crack that they would have. 
And it became that when they formed that, that it was completely impenetrable. During that time, it was almost consistent of a tank that they would just march and there was nothing they could do. No arrow, no rock, no nothing could penetrate that shield, that grouping of shields. Folks, there is nothing that the enemy can harm you and do if, if you link up with somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. And someone says, picks you up and says, encourages your faith. And someone else says, hey, come on now, you, you encourage you again. Folks, again, I say this, we need each other. We need to help each other when our faith is low, when our faith is weak, to help to pick up somebody. Amen. While the Roman shield was carried by an individual soldier, it was most effective when combined with the shields of other soldiers. And sometimes God strengthens us when we're all alone in the quiet of our room. But often He strengthens our faith through the words or presence of other people in our lives. You can be encouraged. David many a time said that I encouraged myself in the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with that. But folks, let me tell you something. Don't get so discouraged that you're ready to just leave when there's brothers and sisters that are here that will help you and hold you up and say, you can make this thing. You can do this. You're not going down. Listen to this, what the author said. One of the biggest weaknesses of modern Western Christianity is our focus on individual salvation without a parallel focus on integration into the body of Christ. God never intended for people to follow Christ alone. To grow a faith that dispels your fears, you need other people. For faith is contagious. Many times there's been people that long time past, the author is saying, that they would feel that unction, they would feel lost, they would get saved, and then that would be it. There would be no connection. There would be no calling and checking in on that person. They would just, you know, go sometimes on the wayside, so to speak. But if your faith is strong, Consider if God is calling you to mentor those whose faith is young and weak. And if your faith is weak or flagging in the face of extreme challenge, seek the encouragement and example of those with strong faith. Living as an isolated Christian makes growth in the faith difficulty, if not impossible. If not impossible. It's like if you see those movies like National Geographic programs and you see like a predator type show, a lion or a cheetah or something like that, and they stalk that prey. They're all together. The antelope or whatever, they're all together in their herd. But when those animals, those predators come and attack, they all run together, but some maybe drift away from the herd a little bit or is not as close as they should be. And those predators pick on those and they'll eventually get one of them and eat it and kill it. Folks, that's just what the enemy does to us. 
if we venture and away ourselves and isolate ourselves so much, the enemy can come in and pick us off and we be lost and not even know it. To grow our faith, we also need, and there's two more, this one and another. To grow our faith, we need purpose. We need a purpose. Why are you saved? Why did you come into this knowledge of Jesus Christ? Why? Why are you here? I want to tell you something. Psalm 139 says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. God did not make you because he just had to do something to occupy space. God did not make you because there was nothing else that happened and he just thought, well, just go ahead. You are not born by an accident. Even though I say that to my youngest, <laughs> that, that was an unforeseen circumstance. But the reality of, it wasn't. It was not. God is the one that gives life. Amen. God is the one that breathes life. And so we're brought into this world. Not by, it might come to you by surprise, but it was not by an accident. Not by an accident. We have a purpose. God has a plan. And God has a purpose for us. And God has a purpose for you. You might not be able to preach. You might be able to have a Sunday school lesson or a teach or whatever. But I'm telling you, God's got something for you. And that's how we are able to grow our faith. When we realize that God speaks to us and says, this is what I want you to do. This is the purpose I have you. And you go on with that purpose. And there's been many times where people have said, oh, oh that scared me. Uh, that, oh, that purpose uh, that you'll never achieve this or you'll never achieve that or you'll never happen to this or that or the other. But people said, you know, despite all of that, my purpose, I had a purpose. <laughs> Y'all stop laughing. <laughs> my purpose. Oh, that scared me so bad. <laughs> oh, that your purpose. Amen. It helps us grow. And lastly, to grow our faith, we need perspective. We live in a day and time, church, where people, where you talk to them and they will tell you, oh, I've got faith. But what do you have faith in? Well, I've got faith in faith. Well, that's not really faith. <laughs> Jesus, one time, the Bible talks about, where the disciples came to him. And they said, Lord, increase our faith. And he said to them, if you've got a faith as little as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, pick up and be cast into the water. And I have heard and I have preached a many messages that said all we need is faith. All we need is faith. Grow your faith. But that might have been the wrong perspective. Because I don't think Jesus was telling them just have faith. He was telling them you can have absolutely no faith, just a teeny tiny bit. But if that little bit of faith is in a God that created the universe, is in a God that spun stars out of his fingers, is a God that said, let there be light, and there's light, let there be darkness, and there's darkness. If your little bit of tiny faith is in a God that one day saved your never dying soul, that is enough faith. 
to move a tree or a mountain and be cast down. It is not just faith because faith within itself has no power. Faith in an object, in God, is the power. Faith in God's power is the thing that lets us be able to make. Because it's not our own faith. And Jesus talked about that. He said you can have teeny tiny little bit of faith. Nothing big. But see the disciples said, oh if I just have bigger faith. If I just have bigger faith, I can do better things. No, 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 no. It's not about your faith. It's your faith in the one that can do the impossible. It's your faith in the one that can move mountains and move things in our way that, that normally seems impossible. But my Bible says that with God, all things are possible. To him that believe. Believe in what? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Have that faith in him. Have that faith in Him. Folks, in closing, how we overcome fear is through faith. And I know there is a many people that just have faith and just cosmic forces or, or faith and a little st- statue of a short, fat, bald-headed man. Stop looking at me, Cindy. <laughs> have faith in a little short bald headed man do incense and chant and do all those kind of things but folks our faith is not in something so insignificant but our faith is in a mighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace amen and one day folks that same God that we've got our faith in I know there's a lot of people that when you talk about Jesus, they already mark you. They tell you you're loony. They tell you you're crazy and all of that. But one day, that faith in that man called Jesus, one day, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess, Jesus is Lord. I'm telling you, don't let fear undermine your faith. Don't let the poisonous, fiery darts of fear and intimidation begin to cripple your faith. Because your faith is not in yourself. Your faith is in a God that is all-powerful tonight. Amen? Amen. Would you stand tonight? Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit newbeginningag.com slash gift for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can click the share button to post on any of your social media pages. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.